0: Imagine your favorite snacks as a kid. It could have been something like goldfish, fruit roll-ups, or even lace chips. Now imagine not having those favorite snacks readily available to you. How would you feel? Would you be sad opening up the pantry door and not finding the box of Kraft mac and cheese or cosmic brownies? Growing up, many kids do not even realize how privileged they are to have the food they eat because they do not realize that there are kids their same age starving because their parents struggle to put food on the table. Especially today, with the rising cost of living, necessities, and gas, it has become harder for lower-income families to provide food for their kids. Today, the importance of affordable school lunches is more important than ever. Not only do some of the children who do not receive proper nutrition go hungry, but some families may only be able to afford low-nutritional-value meals, which could lead to overweight adolescents. Poor nutrition does not only lead to physical issues, but can lead to a lack of mental development which can cause long-term effects. One of the major causes of fast food being a main source of nutrition in a child's life is obesity. Obesity is the state of which a person is extremely overweight, and in children, it can lead to a higher risk of diabetes, anxiety, depression, high blood pressure, and cholesterol. It can also become a major source of insecurities for children, which can affect mental health in the future. On the other hand, malnutrition could lead to the permanent damage of a child's physical and mental development. This lack of mental development can cause poor performance in school, not only in the classroom, but on the sports fields, too. If a child does not receive proper nutrition, this could also have a negative effect on the attention span of the children in the classroom. If a child does not develop correctly, then this could lead to chances of osteoporosis, cancer and liver damage in the future. According to the food programs reporting system in 2017 and 18, 30.2% of students participated in receiving free or reduced price meals at their schools if they had the school breakfast program available. This 30.2% of students does not even begin to touch the amount of children who are in need of proper nutrition in our country. In 2021, children between the ages of 0 and 17 years old made up 22.2% of the total population in the United States, and of that, only a third are receiving proper nutrition in schools. In the future, we hope that all schools will offer breakfast programs so that children will have access to proper nutrition to start off a day of learning and physical activity strong. In 2017, Sam Cass, President Barack Obama's Senior Policy Advisor for Nutrition Policy, gave a TED Talk where he addressed the impact that providing free school lunches can have on students. He talks about a program that he was a part of at the White House that provided free lunches and breakfast to all children in schools that had 40% or more children from low income families.
1: Well, the schools that have implemented this program they saw an increase in math and reading scores by 17.5%. 17.5%. And research shows that when kids have a consistent, nutritious breakfast, their chances of graduating increased by 20%. 20%. When we give our kids the nourishment they need, we give them the chance to thrive.
0: The remainder of Cass's TED Talk explains why it is so important to properly nourish your body. He claims that giving young children nutritious meals will allow them to thrive inside and outside of the classroom. In our podcast, we will be discussing the history of school lunches and how it came to be one of the most important topics in school systems today. Then we will focus on the programs in our country that provide school lunches and monitor the nutrition that children receive. Despite all of the amazing programs and organizations that focus mainly on the nutrition of students, there is always room for improvement. We will be discussing the changes that we would make to improve these organizations and the solutions we have come up with to fix the problems we have found while doing our research. To finish things up, We will then be talking about the real-life cases pertaining to the current state of our school lunch system and how through just a little bit of thought and money, we can improve the quality of lunches for generations to come.
2: In the past, there have been many policies that have been implemented involving the regulation of school lunches. However, in order to fully understand these policies, we need to go back to the late 19th century. In the United States, the Progressive Era was a very influential time that included many political and social reforms. One of the many focuses of this era was the improvement of diets in order to combat malnutrition. Some schools began providing free or discounted lunches for its students, hoping to improve overall well-being. However, providing these meals was expensive and required an excessive amount of resources. Many administrators did not believe that it was a good idea. When we fast forward to the early 1900s and the end of World War II, the government began to slowly show more support for school lunch programs. In 1943, the first draft of the National School Lunch Act was created. In 1946, President Harry Truman signed the National School Lunch Act which provided nutritionally balanced, low cost, and even free lunches to children each day. This act impacted millions of children across the nation, but this was just the beginning. In 1966, the Child Nutrition Act was added onto the National School Lunch Act and authorized all federal school meals and child nutrition programs. The Child Nutrition Act of 1966 states, in recognition of the demonstrated relationship between food and good nutrition and the capacity of children to develop and learn, based on the years of cumulative successful experience under the National School Lunch Program with its significant contributions in the field of applied nutrition research, it is hereby declared to be a policy of the United States that these efforts shall be extended expanded and strengthened under the authority of the secretary of agriculture as a measure to safeguard the health and well-being of the nation's children and to encourage the domestic consumption of agricultural and other foods by assisting states through grants in aid and other means to meet more effectively the nutritional needs of our children Since the signing of the National School Lunch Act in 1946, there have been many changes to the goals and focuses of school lunch programs. There are increasing restrictions on the quality of meals provided. By the late 20th century, there was an emphasis on providing balanced meals with fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. In 2006, the National School Lunch Act was able to provide 28 million free lunches for children in schools on a daily basis and operates over 100,000 schools nationwide. Today, the National School Lunch Program, the School Nutrition Association, and the US Department of Agriculture are all programs that have an impact on school lunches. The School Nutrition Association is a national nonprofit organization that represents more than 56,000 members who provide high quality, low cost, and nutritious meals to students across the country. This program focuses on the school lunch workers who make providing all of these meals possible. The US Department of Agriculture also helps our school systems by implementing programs, including the Farm to School Program, which aims to bring fresh produce straight from the fields to schools around the United States. Although there are many programs that contribute to improving the accessibility of meals for children in school, not everyone is receiving enough food at home. According to the U.S. Household Food Security Survey, in 2018, 0.59% of adolescents had low food security at home. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has the goal of getting this percentage down to zero to ensure that all Americans have enough food. However, in 2021, this percentage rose to 0.74%. There are many possible solutions to the malnutrition and unhealthy eating habits of children today.
3: Although school lunches have long been a part of our nation's history, more can and should be done to ensure all K through twelve youth in the United States have access to nutritional school lunches during the covid nineteen pandemic. The media highlighted concerns for hungry school kids and featured images of long food pantry lines to help alleviate this issue of inaccessibility to healthy school lunches the u s Department of Agriculture implemented the Universal Free Meals Program, which allowed schools to offer meals to all students free of charge, regardless of their family's income. The USDA was also granted the authority to issue waivers to school food programs, which allowed them to adjust their service models to meet the increase in demand during the pandemic. For example, students could pick up multiple meals at one time and no longer face as many challenges when trying to eat in their cafeterias. This program helped low-income families have access to school meals during economic disruption and uncertainty. However, the waivers used by the USDA expired at the end of the 2021-2022 school year. The USDA's response to pandemic-related school closure allowed them to forego certain program requirements. Although the program did benefit those who took advantage of it, school food operations still faced dramatic decreases in student meal participation over the course of the pandemic. The United States saw a 4.7 decrease in breakfast participation and a 30.7 decrease in lunch participation during the 2020-2021 school year compared to the previous year. The underuse of the program meant that children and families did not benefit from the improved dietary quality and reduced food insecurity associated with the program. Even with the USDA's waivers, child nutrition programs are suffering financially from reduced federal reimbursements and increasing costs of program administration. In order to address this issue of food insecurity in the U.S., California and Maine became the first states to pass bills granting free school lunches to all students in their states, making the universal free meals program permanent. Starting in the 2023-2024 school year, Colorado will begin to offer public schools the option to provide universal free school breakfasts and lunches to students. Unlike the legislation passed in Maine and California, this policy is not required by all school districts and was passed via a ballot initiative and participating public schools will be reimbursed for the full cost of, me- of all meals provided and even provide funding to, t- to participating schools to help increase wages for employees preparing or serving food. Although only three states have made this concept of universal free meals for all students permanent, 21 states are currently planning, drafting, discussing, or negotiating this kind of legislation. States like Connecticut, Hawaii, New York, and other states are attempting to make this legislation permanent in order to benefit their public schools and families and children who would greatly benefit from this program. School lunches are very important to the development of our K-12 through youth, and ensuring access to nutritional meals Should be a priority in the u.s legislation like the universal free meals program is a great step towards this goal and the remaining 47 states should follow maine colorado and california in making this goal a reality
1: another barrier in the goal for free school lunches for k-12 comes not from legislation but rather comes from a social factor Free might be the best price when shopping, but when referring to school lunches, it carries a negative stigma. Many opponents of universal school lunches feel as if it were a handout. They claim that parents should be responsible for feeding their own and not the government. However, students of households of lower income should not be punished for their ascribed status. In fact, many students are often subject to bullying by their peers due to them receiving reduced or free lunches. According to the Ford Foundation, one in three eligible students skip lunch to avoid the shame. This is due to the fact that currently free or reduced school lunches are mainly based on household income. Free school lunches would indicate that a student comes from a less fortunate household. A study conducted by the food service director suggests that universal school lunches allow kids to feel safer when eating school lunches, but also sees an increase in student consumption of school lunches. Currently under school lunch programs, school districts are being paid back the money used to feed children low-cost or free meals by the federal government. According to the USDA, the 2022-2023 to school year saw an increase in the rate of reimbursement compared to the past couple of years. This is a great thing because since the government is reimbursing more money, less money is coming out of the pockets of each individual school, which can lead to future improvement in other areas, including facilities and academics. Minnesota is one state that recently made headlines because they had just signed a law into place which will keep the free meal program seen during COVID. This action, however, was not easy as this bill saw heavy opposition. The improvement in school lunch programs since the 1940s has made a tremendous jump towards being more inclusive and accessible to all children. A balanced and nutritious diet is necessary for children and their growing bodies. When children and teens do not receive proper diet throughout the day, their physical growth, mental development, and overall health is greatly impacted. It is important that adolescents and young adults have access to balanced meals to promote a healthy lifestyle. Since children spend most of their early lives in school, it is imperative that they are provided with proper nutrition while there. The National School Lunch Program works to improve the quality of school lunches in the United States. By re- supporting this program and helping to increase school lunch participation among students, we can improve the overall health of adolescents. In the future, we hope to have a world in which food insecurity is not an issue and nutritional school lunches are insured to all.